You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. Hi, I'm Anissa. This yak will squee and rant and try to wax eloquent about what we've been watching over the last month, plus our usual compliment of dad jokes. This podcast is a project for the fandom by the fandom. So if you want to help us out, you can do it in a lot of ways. You can share our episodes, talk about the podcast to friends who love dramas, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your preference. All of that helps us grow. And if you want to help keep our lights on, you can check out patreon.com slash dramas over flowers. Finally, you can get in touch with us with your thoughts and ideas. We're always reading the comments on YouTube and Drama Beans. But you can also tweet at us at dramasoverflow or email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode! Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Porma. Welcome back to our YAG. How long has it been, guys? It has been a very long time. Seriously. I think the last time I spoke to you guys was actually the year end YAG. Oh god. The last three months have been very dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened. Parasite took over the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so so true. <laughs> that's like a lot happens in three months, right? The three months that we were kind of off air. Sorry, yeah. everyone. We weren't entirely yeah. off. No, we weren't. We had like uh, a few episodes. We were doing the What's Up in Drama Land. But for me, the long yaks are kind of like the heart of the podcast. That's true. So. I have a con- I have a confession. The reason yeah. why I'm still in in December in terms of Dramaland is because at about the turn of the year, I I picked up a a series of books that have been my companions for many years. It's like a trilogy of trilogies, and each book is about like two inches thick. So Ooh. I was oh, wow. just like eight, eight to nine weeks. I was just inside Bookland, and for anyone who wants to know, and I'm sure there are actually listeners who who read and love these books. So Robin Hobbs, uh, Assassin's Apprentice, and Farseer Trilogy, and all of the Fitz and the Fool books. So you went that, back like, to and, it, uh, yeah. Because do you remember that a new trilogy came out like a few years ago, and actually that trilogy. I was waiting for it to... I wasn't waiting for it to finish, but it ended up finishing. And it finished two years ago. And I thought, okay, now is the time to reread it. So yeah, I was in Fitzland for like eight or nine straight weeks. And by the end of it, I was just like dying because many things had happened. And I'd lived and died and lived and died and had my heart broken and all sorts of things. So that's where I was. Uh, welcome back. For, for, <laughs> welcome back. And for our <laughs> listeners who haven't read the series, Fitz is kind of the protagonist. The no, he is point the, of he is the, he's, it's first person. So he is the yeah. protagonist and the voice of the series. And it follows him from like his, um, it's basically Saguk. And if you love Saguk and you, you know, like the sort of the youthful ones and assassins and things like that. It, this is this is for you, but yeah. I'm, I know really that many interesting of our court politics actually... too for the very <laughs> few people who like court politics. <laughs> it's good court politics, but it's yeah. also very personal. You know what's different about him as a protagonist, as a hero? Well, all he wants is to live a normal life with the woman he loves, uh, you know, on a farm with his children, and he spends his entire life trying to gain that one thing. Mm. 
but instead yeah. he's called into you know service to to the royal family as an assassin and there's all sorts of stuff but that is not the topic of Ayak, so but <laughs> that that's where i was <laughs> okay before we jump in i just wanted to uh talk about this 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 so i took a trip with my dad uh after a pretty long time we uh went on a holiday for a week and uh so we were in goa in this uh southern beach called palalem and it's like this really a small beach town that's primarily tourism driven and you have a lot of uh, foreigners coming and and basically just staying there for like 6 months 9 months some have stayed there for years and this one thing that i really adore about palalem and a few adjacent beaches like agonda is that many of the tourists who come there and settle have adopted street animals so you see them sitting at cafes with like indian uh, dogs on leash sitting right beside them and there are cats with collars walking about in and out of their you know huts by the beach it's it's fantastic for the animals and also just like how much they have made the town their home i really like that so uh the thing that i want to talk about was i landed in goa uh, on i think 11th february and uh parasite had just won <laughs> everything <laughs> in the oscars and uh, what blew me away was i was walking uh, down this beach road and uh, there was this uh, this this cafe and there was this board right outside you know where they usually write the menu and uh, instead it was written that uh, there is a screening of parasite that evening so i went there that e- i hadn't i hadn't fully watched parasite and i wanted to watch it on a big screen and i could there was no screening happening near my uh, home before that So I went in the evening and I watched it and it was this open air tiny theater and they had somehow managed to get the license to air it there and it was packed yeah. and wow. it was fantastic. I was right by the beach. I was just What a way to watch beautiful. it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how a, I finally finished it. That's amazing. I also like once I found out that you hadn't finished it until then, I felt so bad that you had to edit <laughs> the parasite episode with I you said you were going to watch it before you edited it. I felt so bad. I don't really intend it to. <laughs> but i can i watched it about halfway and i and i didn't have the time to finish it because i was like if i if i wait till i finish it i'm never getting this edited and out on time before oscars Aww. so i i didn't actually mind you guys didn't really spoil anything that you know anybody would understand without it wasn't like major spoilers for me and i am i am very able to tune out But you're the spoiler friendly what i'm saying I'm spoiler friendly usually. Yeah, I don't think spoilers ruin stuff uh, necessarily, unless they are something like if it's something like Dumbledore dies in the sixth book. That is not a that is, you should not do that to a kid who's just starting the first book. Yeah, but if it's like a general arc and. Yeah, it's fine. But I feel like with Parasite, it's like really important not to know anything much about it before you watch. So I. But anyway, I'm glad that it wasn't upsetting for you. or injurious no and also experience. because and and i and i and i don't know if my uh, clients uh, I, i hope none of my clients <laughs> listen to my podcast but i am very uh, well able to tune out the content sometimes when i know that i shouldn't be <laughs> like when i don't want to hear something i can hear because the things that i want to edit out like the harsh breathing the uh, ums and uhs and stuff those those stick out to me and i can just tune out the content so for parts when i when i figure out that you guys were going into spoilers i just slightly sped up the um, voice and i edited to make sure that you know it was like 
smooth speaking That's but right. i couldn't quite understand what you guys were saying <laughs> that actually makes so. a lot of sense that's kind of like what happens when I when I'm working on subtitles cuz I'm still captioning for Vicky. And mm. you know when you're when you like copy text from the script, you don't actually read it. You just sort of check that it's the right line up to the yeah. right word. And yeah. then you just copy paste. And it's uh yeah, you don't have to read it. So I I can understand how you'd be like you don't actually have to listen to it every word. You just have to make yeah. sure that you've got it in the right places. Then I re-listened later on after I finished watching it, and I was like, "Huh, I really didn't register any of this stuff when I was editing." Oh, that's good then. Interesting. Is so, that why you left yeah. in the part where I completely forgot what I was talking about, and he had to remind? No, no, no. no. That that <laughs> that that part I that part I I, I did register, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> I was really tired at that time. <laughs> it right. was a good interview. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. He was he was so knowledgeable. It was great to have him. He was really amazing, but also you are really good at uh, driving the interview forward. Give yourself credit, man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, I listened okay. to the first half an hour, and then I was just like, I want to listen to more, but I can't. Go watch the movie, woman. I have to. Yeah. I haven't done it. You yet. must. <laughs> and 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 the really great thing about uh, the uh, discussion is that it's not just about parasite. It's more about like diaspora. The evolution of mm. yeah, exactly. A viewing of uh, Asian movies. It's just yeah, and how the Western per- world perceives it. It's if you never intend to watch parasite, you can still listen to this and get a lot out of it. Listen, but you need to watch parasite. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want to, you can still listen to the episode. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. Should we move on to our first drama? Yeah, the the only thing that we have and another uh, sensation. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Such nobody was expecting. So crash landing on you. Who was expecting it to do better than Goblin? I think we were all expecting it to be a train wreck, as our uh, past uh, recordings uh, have held so, in posterity. Yeah, it just sounded so weird. Like the premise, I was like, how are they going to pull this <laughs> off? But that, to be fair, though, like at that point, we did not know that they were actually going to have a screenwriter that was like a North Korean defector and filmmaker. So, I mean, that really changes a lot. That's about incredible. Right? I did not know this until you said this like two days ago to us. I didn't know this either. And at that time I was thinking, man, these people are being really, at least from what documentaries I've watched about North Korea, they're being really like detailed about the life in North Korea. They're not infantilizing the people. They're also not overly demonizing. It's like really interesting. There are facets I've never seen before. Yeah. And ah, this is why. <laughs> so uh, we're just gonna, Barma and I have finished this, but... um Saya is still only about halfway through, but we wanted to give our general thoughts and then um, we're planning to do a spoiled yak in the coming weeks. So we're just going to kind of talk about yeah. it in more general terms and we'll go into detail later. Yeah, so this is going to be, for once, a spoiler-free yes. discussion. <laughs> spoiler-free. <laughs> and I do feel like that's important for this drama, so we will definitely keep it spoiler-free. Yeah. So general thoughts. Well, for me, it's still like in the love story part of it. And I just, I f- find it, you know, we all went into this thinking this is going to be so bad that it might be good because it's bad. <laughs> and then it turned out not to be that at all. And it actually was like, this is so good. And all of the emotions and everything. 
and I have stopped hating Sun Yejin. I have <laughs> forgotten her history <laughs> of that drama that should not be named. Yeah, I'm not really in a coherent stage, but I'm loving it. And I know those the episode the like the runtime is like wild. I don't think any of them come in at less than an hour and twenty. Um, and some of them, um, many of them are even like ninety minutes. But it oh, doesn't wait feel till you get to the finale. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like every minute is is being well used right now, and it's nice to see uh, Kim Jong Un on screen again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Although he's looking very thin, so I hope he's he still is. Well. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I just really like having heroes there. who are just nice. Yeah. Like they don't have to be mean to be romantic. They're just they're just nice. I like that. That's all I've got. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I I should I should I go next? Sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I am really I really enjoyed Hyunbin in this. I really liked Sonny Jin. I think uh when this one first aired and uh I think I'd mentioned it in it probably wasn't a yak, it was maybe a vid. That I wish they had cast somebody else and not Sonny Jin. Um I think it was just in the first uh, episode or two. Um, who's the actress uh, from Another Miss Oh? Uh, uh, so Hyun Jin. So Hyun Jin, yeah. So Hyun Jin. I was actually thinking that she would have been a much better fit for this particular part. But of course, no. I mean, the way this has been written, the way Sonia Jin played it, I mean, a, a few episodes in, I was completely sold. I am. I should get used to dramas proving me wrong about casting choices. <laughs> really, really well done. And the same thing can be said about uh, the actress playing um, um, Sodan. Uh, which is I think Seo Ji Hae. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what I've seen her in before, but her face looks familiar. Many things. Um, I, I probably <laughs> right. Yeah. And I I really like her in this. Her arc as the, you know the 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 one stuck in a, a relationship, which is not exactly a relationship, but like an arranged relationship, but and who's also like invested her emotions and her time in it, but then. She's not getting the response that I mean. It's like it's heartbreaking that that side of her arc, but also I love how she carries herself. And she's she has, not like the vindictive ex or anything. It's just she's she's got a lovely arc, right? She huh. has kind of a sweetness to her, doesn't she? Which mm, even she though she's trying to be like she's not trying to be petty, but you know how a second lead is often pushed into pettiness and like being the mean girl and things like that. It's mm-hmm. like she wants to take herself there, but she can't. Exactly, and I really adore how her story is less about her being like the you know like the scorned love interest or or second lead, and more about her um, finding a way to respect herself and and sort of like keep her chin up in society while everyone judges her for you know not already being married to the man she's been engaged to for like a decade yeah and it, it's more about her struggles there than about you know winning um hyunbin's affection so i i really i really like her arc i also Just really as, love you know, her relationship with else. her mom oh my god so yes I everyone should it. have a mom like that I'm, st- I'm still at the part where her mom is quite coarse I mean, okay. she, she, she is she course, but she's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and they she is hilarious. They I, I enjoy her. I enjoy her, but I don't love her yet. Yeah, I mean, you but see more of their relationship news. as the drama progresses. Yeah, it's 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 sweet. But back to the main lead. 
wow they did a really good job of building up the romance i like this it was like both slow burn and also you know i've often said this before like it's important for me to see why the the couple is attracted to each other why they're falling in love and how they're falling in love and you can totally see that and i know the each episode was like what an hour more than an hour i know it was very long episodes but yeah, i felt like they, but it never felt long to me okay maybe the last couple of episodes had too many flashbacks but aside from that it just i loved the pacing of the whole thing so yeah those that's the uh, stuff about the actors which i adored the other thing i really really loved was like you know epilogues and mm. i loved like, epilogues they were so good but also i love the way that they're not just throwaway scenes they have their own sort of narrative and it like knits together that the relationship and this idea that they've had little connections like from the past that all sort of inevitably not inevitably but brings them to this point where they are now as if they've mm. always been heading towards each other and you know from two such different worlds how how would that that's like the most unlikely kind of relationship like in what world would that have happened and yet it happens but then you have this whole history of these points where they like for brief moments of time their their existence is sort of passed by each other mm. it gives it a little bit more sort of depth emotional depth in a kind of like you know you feel wistful when you watch it because it feels like a a missed chance and it's yeah. i really just i'm i'm a sucker for like the wistfulness which is one of the reasons that goblin is so like you know amazing yeah yeah, that's kind of a good segue into my thoughts about it, actually, is that it has this really beautiful kind of bittersweet, melancholy tone, like even from the very beginning, like regardless of whatever, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the end when you start watching it. and But you know that like, obviously, the situation is not, it's not easy, right? Like they're from two different places. They're not even really it's allowed impossible. to be together. Like the drama does a really beautiful job of underscoring like not only their relationship and how hard it is, but it kind of becomes a, like an extended metaphor for just like the two Koreas and the loss and the and the division and like the hope for reunification, but the, the reality that it's like very unlikely and very difficult to achieve. And then like all of the kind of just there's so much like pain and loss and you know there's a lot of symbols with like the border and the you know the difficulty of trying to get across it and it's just really beautifully done like I don't think they actually I think they do a pretty decent job of like not over melodramatizing the whole thing while also like really recognizing the pain in it and I think probably part of that is having somebody who actually like went through the whole thing of like living in North Korea and leaving and coming to South Korea. And so they, they don't have like an overly romanticized or overly tragic portrait of people who actually live there. Like, I think my favorite part of the whole thing was just the ordinary, just like it's portrayal of the ordinary lives of North Koreans. Like um, mm. I was watching a couple of videos by like North Korean defectors who live in South Korea and they, um, they do some like YouTube videos and they they were talking about like what was accurate about it and this one girl was saying that like that market like that jangmadang that they call it's like like kind of the center where everybody comes and like they sell their stuff and you know there's like that lady yeah. who has like a secret shelf of 
South Korean beauty <laughs> products. <laughs> She's yeah. like, it's like from the neighborhood down there. <laughs> That's how she refers to it. And it's, and it's just like a really, and she said that was like, so like, she really praised set design and she said it was really well, well portrayed. So like, it's those little details, right? Or like the, the wiretapping and kind of how that's an undeniable part of life there but then like everybody kind of knows that he's the one and that makes him to a social outcast in his village and even he kind of hates himself for it. you know like that those kind of little details <clears throat> but they don't make them into these like tragic figures they're like real people with lives and they have a community and so I really loved that and yeah the beautiful the romance is really beautiful I think I would disagree with you that like I do think that long the length of the episodes kind of saps a little of the tension especially in the second half of the drama where there are times when you want the tension to kind of be maintained but the length of the episode saps that a little bit um but that's my only complaint honestly i loved it otherwise i watched it at speed so <laughs> well then <laughs> then you don't really have anything to say about the length of the episodes then do you I did not watch it as yeah no like, I watched, I it, watched normal. it completely normal yeah yeah um something that really uh, stuck uh, to me was how the way North Korea was portrayed it's interesting to me because I've watched previous dramas and some movies uh, where you know North Korean defectors mostly North Korean military has been the focus of the storytelling but ordinary North Korean people who are not like actively suffering in camps you rarely see that portrayed here's the confusing thing you know that you have the citizenry of this country who are whose economy is just propped up by this bizarre system of I can't don't even want to go into that but the point is it's not like a really like healthy economy right now people are suffering there's not enough food it's it's like a bad situation but there is still a loyalty and a love for the land which is inevitable when you've grown up somewhere it it was shown really beautifully when um that moment when yundong the youngest of the fifth company uh, privates the kid like the 17 year old uh, yeah. baby uh, yeah he's so cute baby yeah so there is a <laughs> moment when he's talking about his hometown and he's talking about like the uh, azalea trees like the hill right beside his where he has grown up where his sister and his mother are and it's like the 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 tone of like um the ache that he misses his hometown he wants to go back to his mother but he has to serve for 10 years in the army right now it's all of that is i really appreciated that we got to see this side of north korea portrayed where you see why many people would willingly want like like citizens willingly stay there and then of course you know there are i don't know if i'm making sense i mean no. there are plenty of people who are not running away from north korea yeah and it's, they can't it's, it's yeah. your but home it's where your family it's your home is. exactly yeah. it that the that that perspective showing north korea as a home despite being under such a flawed regime it's important to see that because the way we perceive north korea is like a, a, a prison country where everybody wants to run away but can't that's how it's constantly portrayed by global media and for good reason but still you know that's not the whole truth of it there is an so active true daily life and going on there they have society people gossips friends i love the portrayal of the village there and i also oh my god i really enjoyed the fact that they showed that the women are essentially the ones running the economy mm. there are so many like the shop keepers are primarily women the lift operator is a woman like most of their jobs 
are done by women and women have actually more independence in some ways because they are the breadwinners in, in North Korea that compared to South Korea where you know like a convention dictates that women you know be homemakers they don't have a choice there because most of the men are in the army so this, this is quite characteristic of uh sort of communist hmm. nations in general isn't it? I mean, it's true yeah, they Russia use well. the whole workforce. They are like, mm, we yeah. have no time for. So I'm not sure that that's a f- yeah. always a freedom, but you know, it's not always a freedom. But I, do, but I like I that get it was portrayed. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, because as sad as it is, it does give them a level of power that uh, would otherwise be denied to them given their economic um, situation. It kind of comes back to representation, right? And this is my last thought. But like, if you only have one character who's represented in the whole drama, who's like actually from North Korea, and He's like running away and coming to the south, and obviously he's gonna be the one who's running away and coming to the south. But if you are portraying mm. an entire community, then you have like the poor people and the rich people and the families and the the soldiers and you know like the elite class who are just as pampered and hypocritical and, and wealthy as like the rich class in South Korea. You know, like you have all these yeah. different aspects, and everybody is just living an individual life. And some people are corrupt, and some people are evil, and some people are just you know ordinary people trying to survive like it just has you know like it has the kids and the it's just really great because you get to see the all world building aspects. was really well-rounded yes yeah um i i also really uh, uh like that they showed pyongyang as more than just like you know the capital where quote-unquote the leader lives yes um it's it's a it's it's a an elite class of people with their apartments and all of the luxuries that the rest of the country can't even imagine and it's, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I just really, really dig how they did that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What's next, guys? Next is your honey puck surgeon. Ah, <laughs> why is the only, why is the only bar of us honey? What, what is this? Oh, what, I'm sorry. What, what's, I don't, I don't oh, agree with this. <laughs> is he yours too? <laughs> no, nobody can own him. <laughs> it's communal property. <laughs> Anyway, I don't oh, know. that's very socialist of you. Or is that communist? <laughs> in, in the spirit of this episode, do go ahead though. Barman's right. the only one who's watching yeah. this show though. So. Exactly. So, so you know, just for this episode, so he is he yours for my, the purpose. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. I was, okay, uh, here's the thing. I will admit that I've only watched the first uh, two and a half episodes. And right now I am at a place where I'm really enjoying this drama. It's an intense first few episodes that will really grip you and get you into this. And you would want to see Park Sujun succeed. Um, from the kid he is to, I think, about 15 years la- later when the drama's actual run starts, uh, a few episodes later, how, why he's so driven, it's it's kind of set up in the first few episodes, and how the the two uh, female, I, I'm not sure, if the, one of them is the love of his life, the other one is also an amazing woman and these two women are really trying to help him achieve his goal so here is a a a slight insert one of our friends um Rimi pointed out that this is a trope that is a bit problematic and K-drama does default to it you have these two amazing women uh played by Kim Dami and Nara and um both of them despite having you know 
amazing arcs of their own they are really competent intelligent women the purpose of their role in the drama seems to be to support park so jun's um goals mm. which is really not how we should be portraying women now i am just two and a half episodes into this um i just wanted to put this out there i'll come back uh, when i've actually watched the entire thing and let you guys know if that is indeed how the drama plays out yeah i've also <laughs> i saw her comments but i also have another friend who told me that like she loves it and it reminds her of me saying so um i guess we'll just see how it plays out later on I really like it. I'm going to keep watching it. I'll come back to you guys about what actually happens in the plot. The cast is great. It's really beautifully shot and yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I want to watch this. All right. Next is um Saya, right? With with the game towards zero. Oh, <laughs> this drama that nobody is watching. I have, and the it sounds so confusing. Not liking it. Well, okay, so the basic premise is uh, you've got Tech who has this, uh, he's the main character, and he has a, um, I wouldn't call it a superpower, but he he has the ability, when he looks in someone's eyes, to see the lo- the, the last few moments before they die. Um, and this makes him, he's not able to have normal relationships with people. He He's, you know, every time he looks at someone, he, he sees them die. Yeah, that Until would be Until one rough. day... Yeah, it is. I mean, it re- and it shows like it explores that that sort of how that affects him growing up, um, and until uh, one day he meets someone whose death he can't see, and then you know the whole story takes off. So this is um, there. There are murders, of course. <laughs> so there's a murder mystery aspect which is not quite a mystery because you find out really quickly like within the i think by the second episode you know exactly who's doing the killing um but and i think that's what made a lot of people be like why (laughs) and i'm not gonna watch this anymore but actually i find it really fascinating like it's actually like riveting i'm watching it and i'm just like i don't know what these characters are gonna do next because this is a a show where you you know the ending kind of um you you know what the outcome is because um his nemesis who is the killer also is someone from his past um and he's witnessed the moment before that person dies as well and that's what sets the whole story off um because of that chance encounter in his childhood mm. um where he told another kid how he would see him die um and that haunts both of them like <clears throat> in their entire future life until they meet again 20 years later um and that's it's a really fascinating character study uh, and i think that's what makes um speculative dramas like interesting when they have you know you have this unusual talent and it gives you an insight into something or someone that you can't that you know you don't get in the normal way um and then and then it's just the thing with this is is you know what the outcome is but you don't know how you're going to get there it's like he even when he looks in the mirror he sees his own death 
and like he's constantly haunted by that like he doesn't know why he's in that place and why he has a particular thing um like in his hand and like why he looks uh why he has that expression on his face and and then like the first half of the drama is building up to him finding out exactly why that is so um i'm actually a couple of episodes behind so it's at 10 episodes now and i'm at 8 episodes um but i find it so interesting like it's it's called the game for a reason like it's it's like a a mind game a psychological game and the mystery of it is one how do you get there and two can you change it because what he's found so far is that he's never been able to change any of the deaths he's seen and not for lack of trying until that one person that he meets whose death he can't see um so yeah i just find it really interesting I just just really baffled by why it's so unwatched. Like on Soompi, the discussion thread is at four pages for ten episodes, which is like what? That's nothing. That's, like nobody's watching it. Yeah, exactly. But it's actually a really good show. Yeah. But I think it might actually be because there hasn't been as much promotion for this. I mean for instance like if you guys for you know non romantic k dramas let's take haina it's getting so much promotion like i like wherever i'm turning in in the fandom pages you have a promotion for haina and but i have had like i i didn't even know the game towards zero was coming out till we did the whatsapp and drama land and the uh, you know the sheet was drawn up yeah, same here. So there was. Do you, do you think it's because like there isn't enough promotion for this? Because it sounds a lot like um, while you were sleeping slash he's psychometric, but you know way better than either of those. Mm. I, think, <laughs> I think because it's uh, it's less action and it's much more introspective. I think maybe people came to this expecting it to be like a suspense thriller or a serial killer drama and then they were like it's actually not it's actually it's very introspective and it's quite slow at times um and it it dwells a lot on the sort of the minds of the the two uh, male protagonists one of them being uh tech and the other being um imjuhan imjuhan yeah imjuhan um and because and a lot of people like you know they're tired of seeing imjuhan being like a villain um, but he's actually, I think, it's really going into its shades of grey. He's not, it's not as simple as saying someone is a villain and someone uh, is the good guy. And, you know, you you like, feel sympathy for the devil, and then you're like, is he the mm. devil at all? And it's, it's, I just find that character study really interesting. But I guess that also answers my question, not everyone finds that interesting. I also feel like with these types of um, more psychological kind of introspective dramas, um, you really need an um, like to get a, ho- a like a larger following. A lot of times, it's because the actor that's playing the main character is like really popular and has a big following. But like Taekyun is not. I mean, he does have fans, but he's not like well known for his acting. Um, yeah, this and he's is not as popular cast. as he was like ten mm-hmm. years ago. You know, so. It, he doesn't quite have the same star power as like Kim Jae-wook would in, in a role like this. And he's also like really well known for doing an amazing job in roles like this. So maybe it's partially the casting too. Uh, and But you know, Tech is a much better actor than he was. 
like he's actively been improving like i watched um i think it was a 2013 drama he did where he could see mm. ghosts oh yeah yeah um, who are you yeah, i think yeah. it was called yeah and it, oh yeah he, I watched that. he was he was serviceable yeah. in that right i know a lot of people dissed him but i've never found him bad um but like in this one i find him really like he's emoting and like it's moving he's he's really like got a like he's sunk his claws into this character and he's you can feel him like you're not thinking i'm watching tech you're thinking i'm watching um you know kim tipyong it it's it's good i think he's much better and plus i really um like ioni the uh female lead i f- find her really beautiful so I, I also i i enjoy her acting but she's really gorgeous and i just love watching her wait is <laughs> That's this my shallow is this the ioni from miss korea Miss Korea, yeah. Oh my god, I love her. It's so interesting, because yeah. her too, like, she started out being famous for being beautiful, and not being a very good actress, and then in Miss Korea, like, her acting was a revelation, honestly. She was so good in that, and after that I was like, oh, she's actually such a good actress. That makes yeah, me want so to I watch this too. eventually, sometime, <laughs> when my life has time <laughs> soon soon literally the only reason i was able to finish crash landing on you is because i'm writing about it for my thesis that's the only reason why i finished it that's the only thing i'm really watching or that i've really been watching all right so from the game we are on to romantic doctor teacher game two saya <laughs> what do you think have you watched the first one I have, you I haven't. have, of course I have. Oh, you have? Oh, oh, I just, I couldn't remember. So, did you watch this recently or? When like, it aired. Though I did watch the first oh, episode okay, cool. recently because I just wanted to remind me. I really remember enjoying the first episode, like way more than I did the rest of the drama. Oh, really? Yeah. I was the opposite. I found that I didn't enjoy the first two episodes. And then after that, I was like, this is really good. Okay. And it has become one of my favorite dramas since. I know. Um, it's. I'm so glad to see this back, and I'm surprised that the first one was like way back in 2016, which seems like such a long time ago. Yeah. I feel like it's the same again with the f- you know with the first couple of episodes being weak, and I'm just gonna say my negative points before I get onto what I like, um, which is that like. The roles, uh, you know, Yu Yun Suk and Seo Jin in in the first one, I feel like the roles are just recycled for different actors. Uh, in this case, for um, uh, Anya Sopa and what's her name? Uh, what's her name again? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, what's her name? Uh, Lee Sung Kyung. Yeah. Like you know, and I kind of I didn't really like that because you know the guy gets to be you know the cool one with anger issues and the girl has to be the one with you know mental issues and um that said i still really like it um but also i could really do without that same villain because i'm really tired of his face but i'm also only six episodes in um but like the the secondary villain who I think is rising to become the primary villain, he's really interesting. I think that's mixed things up, because he's like a, a a mix between um someone who both hates and admires Kim Sabu in equal measure. How about you? 
Uh, I'm about what uh, two again two and a half episodes in. Well, I'm doing two and a half. Oh really? Oh, I went ahead of you <laughs> no, and I, was I, just I, like, I, okay, I, so you don't know who I'm talking about. Exactly. It's not. <laughs> this is not big spoiler for me. But uh, I am already getting the vibes that you're talking about about this, like the um, the romantic pairing, and some elements of this feels really familiar um, with the. Which is inevitable, I suppose. Like with a, they're not exactly going a very different uh, route with the story. It's similar format, um, but uh, yeah, exactly. I I'm I think I'm a little tired of the whole uh, genius male hero um, and emotionally overwrought female. Um, just that whole uh, dynamic. I'm kind of over that. But these two are really cute. I I like the chemistry. Uh, of course I do. It's so well written and it's so cute. And I like that their romance is a slow burn and it's not the intense flare of attraction that was happening in the first uh, rendition of this. So uh, what should I call it? The prequel? No, it's a, what do you call it? First season? Yeah. Just season call, yeah, first season. So... Uh, that's not it, but um, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's for me. This is a very mellow romantic watch, and it's not even romantic so much. It's just I like. I've told you I like medical dramas, especially medical dramas where you know the chemistry between the cast is really good, and I think the chemistry between the cast here is really good. Um, so yeah, for me the writing seems pretty solid, even though the the themes seem a bit familiar. And uh, let's see. And don't forget, goes. this is the writer of Where Stars Land, also Foxbridester. Oh, so oh I, no. I feel like I feel like I can feel that hand, but also that was the same person who did write um, the first season. So yeah, it's uh, it can go either way. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why I wasn't in love with um, like Lee Sung Young's character's premise because. It's just, it's too easy. Can we, why can't the guy be like that? Why couldn't they They have had, like, reversed roles? I would have found that more interesting, and it would have been different. Um, and I feel like I'm being negative about a show that I actually am <laughs> enjoying. And also, like you said, um, this being um, a medical drama, I find the workplace aspects of it really interesting. Um like even if it didn't have a romance i enjoy the drama and like my favorite character is like uh, one of my favorites is um the um junior doctor yunarum mm. she's so funny i love her she's a sweet <laughs> she kind of reminds me of a little pak jinju <laughs> she's super sweet yeah she really is but she's also like funny and cute, and like you've got Kim Min Jae who's rep- uh, reprised his role, and of course Kim Min Jae has gone places since twenty sixteen, but yet he's back for for this uh, sort of minor character. But he's getting more of an arc, which I really enjoy. Um, and you- Shin Dong Uk is in this as well. Um, again, he- he's been you know you've been seeing him around more since. Um, what was the first drama that he came back in uh, after a long? Was it illness? Was it, um, was, uh, Lookout his first Lookout. role yeah, after yeah, that? I think right. it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've only, Very that was memorable. the last time I saw him. Mm. And after that, he was in live and Tejangam is watching. So this is, like, only his fourth drama. And he's, like, taking things slowly and lightly. And he's this really cute character <laughs> who, like, loves bones. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> One more thought, which is that, um, despite all of the things that we've said have stayed the same, I think that there is, like, there is a real evolution in 
like the story of the life of Toldam Hospital. So things are changing. It's not all the same. It's not like a, a rehash of the same things. Like stuff is different. People are, you know, people have come and people have gone, and there there is that sense of change that is, is sort of it runs through the entire mm. drama. So it's not like the same thing again. It is different. That's no, interesting. That's true. That's interesting that you say, I mean, I'm not, I didn't watch the first one and I'm not watching this, but I, it's interesting that you say that because usually like, especially when you have a workplace ensemble drama, you might get a little bit of change throughout the drama, but like it's still usually mostly the same people there. And then even if you have a time skip, it's basically like everyone has different haircuts and sometimes people get mm-hmm. promoted, but I mm-hmm. don't think we get to see that a lot where like you see the same workplace after some years have passed and you see like meaningful ways in which it's become like a different place yeah that's kind of true for a longer time so that's interesting and it makes it feel lived in mm. yeah it does and it, it feels like the hospital itself had a arc in the first drama and it seems to you know continue to have an arc in this one so it's not like a static background set for you know human dramas to take place so it's just yeah i agree that that there is a, a sense of dynamism there that i i appreciate yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm going to keep watching this and uh I might actually go back and rewatch the entire uh first season because I've genuinely It is worth it. it, yeah. it it's worth it. I remember really liking it and And um, baby young Sejong in that. Oh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, am I up next? Yes, yeah, you are. Yeah, next up is is yours. Okay, so uh, now we really are traveling back to twenty nineteen. <laughs> we are, I know. <laughs> so back uh, in I long, in the midst of time, sometime in the middle of twenty nineteen, <laughs> everybody was watching One Spring Night, and I was avoiding it. Like anytime Netflix was throwing me the trailer, I was like frantically uh, because we it. remembered Pretty Nuna. Yeah, exactly. yeah, pretty much. I had, I had really, I had. I, I just really did not want to see Jung Hae-in's new, like, uh, brought in by the same crew, uh, writers. I was, I was not, I not prepared. Because again... They, they were not forgiven. They were not forgiven. And because, here's the thing. We, we really liked Pretty Nuna. In, in the, the first half, we were very invested. Mm-hmm. And when you're that invested, and then the drama does what that one did in the end, it's like properly betraying the viewer mm-hmm. yeah, it was a huge betrayal <laughs> yeah yes. so um this one i was like hey i'm not i'm just like right now when everybody's watching i'm not even gonna try but i did hear uh some good reports about it and eventually i was like fine i'll just give it one episode if it seems like same old same old i won't watch it but it it's it's really good here's something to remember though it doesn't have the addictive property of pretty nuna um, I still remember the major plot points of Pretty Nuna and One Spring Night. I finished watching like uh, two months back and I've, it's already become a bit vague in my mind. So y- you know that it's not, um, you know, the it, the pacing of One Spring Night was slower and it was... Uh, introspective is a good word for it actually because the characters really thought through their actions oh and something hilarious uh do we remember uh evil mom mm-hmm. do we all remember her mm-hmm. from pretty much yes. we do she, she, she had a she had a lobotomy <laughs> she's the heroine's mom here as well but she's exactly the opposite <laughs> character she's playing the oh dad from good. pretty nuna 
like you know oh, like wow. the, the sweet docile the one who wants the best for her child whereas the dad character here is basically the mom character <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so <laughs> but, but it's like she was like look i played that character now i need a redemption i need to i need i need to be someone better in the next one but so yeah i i really liked her character she it, uh, her her entire mom arc was like i want what's best for my children and my husband is and she's and you know she's one of those uh, uh, uh women who a little belated in their lives realized that they didn't they never enjoyed actual independence so she's going out uh, to the art center she's learning how to draw she's you know exploring her own talents independent of how she can you know keep the house for her husband so she's kind of finding her voice and at the same time suddenly her daughter her pretty independent clear headed daughter needs her support and she finds and her voice to support her. right this is hanjimin yeah sorry uh, the mother i forgot the actress's name uh, no no not hanjimin um, no as in um, the daughter is hanjimin the daughter is hanjimin yes um the mother was played by uh, kill heyon um and yeah look because i remember from pretty nuna she was one of my most hated characters <laughs> especially because somehow she was forgiven at the end of the drama which i could not understand but on on it is like i could understand in a sort of a tragic arc how uh, a child might have to forgive her parent despite all the evil things they did because you're their child and i don't know but <laughs> that's not how this drama plays out at all this is like this is like um how this is like sensible alternate reality where pretty nuna the characters of pretty nuna if they had been sensible and smart and communicated and not being hot headed and stupid that would be one spring night so it doesn't have the uh, initial um, drama that one uh, that that pretty nuna did but it's a really nice uh, sweet watch it's introspective and it it it's kind of almost you you breathe a sigh of relief at how well the lead pair are communicating with each other oh another reason i was kind of avoiding it was because there was uh, the infidelity arc it's not really much of an infidelity arc it's about the girl being in a relationship and realizing it's not working her having feelings for someone and deciding it's it's not working with the guy that i'm with and society still wants me to stay with him but it's it's not working so she fights society you know breaks it off with a guy and about her you know trying to have a relationship with someone society doesn't approve of uh, her family and stuff well that that's the opposite of pretty nuna right there exactly <laughs> so it, this is almost like redemption for pretty nuna but like on a slower burn which i i mm. genuinely enjoyed so I feel like we need to also add because we always call this drama Pretty Nuna, but its uh, official title is actually Something in the Rain. Right. In case there are listeners who don't know which drama we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. Something in the Rain. Yeah, I think we started calling it Pretty Nuna Who Buys Me Food when that wasn't the official when the official English title hadn't really been announced. Yeah. And it kind of stuck for us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the uh, the uh, literal translation of yeah. the Korean title. Yeah. So. That's my review for One Spring Night. Watch it, guys. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I and I forgive uh, uh, Jung Hae In for for everything. <laughs> He's pretty great in this. Yeah. S- 
speaking of uh, uh, Gilhean, the actress who plays the mum, redeeming herself, she's actually played quite a lot of um, good mum roles since then, like in My Fellow Citizens. Yeah, she's um, good in that. Uh, Melting Me Softly as well, which nobody should ever watch because <laughs> it's a total waste of... It's a waste of any amount of time, so don't watch it. <laughs> and also, she's this like great um, uh, character in um, Woman of 9.9 Billion, um, which... Uh, where she's like this horrible, crusty old lady, but she's a really fun character. Um, that's actually, I think, what's next on our list, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, go for it. All oh, right, okay. So, um, like I said, I'm still in December, which means that I have only watched however much aired by the end of December of um, 9.9 billion on. But I just wanted to say that um, I'm not going to spend long on this, but this is it's just such a fantastic drama. Um, and... It's it's got this weird premise that almost like you have no idea what to expect. So a woman, um, by the way, uh, who is uh, Joya Jung um, from Parasite, everyone knows her now. Mm. Um, uh, she's like trapped in this abusive marriage, um, and she's having an affair with her um, sort of fren- frenemy. I mean, it's not really a friend, it's not really an enemy. I guess that makes her a frenemy with her frenemy's husband. Um, She's a woman who's going through the motions of life without really living. Um, and, and everything changes one day when she finds, like, um, uh, she comes across this uh, car accident and she, she just finds a ton of money there. And rather than giving it, like, rather than just leaving it or, or calling the police, she's like, I'm going to take this money. Um, this is how I can change my life. And so, like, it just, um, it goes from there and it's, like the amazing evolution of this character who you know she seems like she's this um meek downtrodden woman um and she kind of is a bit but then she begins to show her steel and it's just so like savagely satisfying to see this woman reclaim her life and like she's doing it for the money like she will do anything for the money um but then she meets kim kangu who is uh, a ex detective who was one who was framed for um accepting bribes um whose brother had died in that accident where she found the money so this is how they come together and um they form like a, a working relationship which eventually becomes a a, a, a a warmer bond which is more like they trust each other and they rely on each other but both of them are quite damaged um but and that's the point where i'm at <laughs> so but it's it's so good like in terms of character development um and the performance of the actors and the tighting uh, the tighting the writing the writing is so tight it's like it's fantastic um, and it's such an unusual kind of drama. Like, I don't know where to pigeonhole this in terms of genre. But it's it's great. And you've got Jong... Uh, J- uh, J- uh, what's his name? Is it Jong Wong-in? The guy who was the villain in I Hear Your Voice? Oh, Jong Wong-in. Yeah. He's, he's also the villain here, and he's horrible. He's so good at that. And, yeah. Oh, and you've got... um, What's his name as well? Oh, gosh, I can't remember any of their names. Um, You know... uh. Minu one? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> yeah, his name is Um Ijehun? Ijehun, yeah. Yeah. Alright, yeah, so uh Ijehun as well. Um and you know he he really reminds me like 
of Puxogen for some reason. Like I just look at him and I forget that he's not Puxogen. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> really, he's got that kind of in. He Secretary doesn't remind Kim, me of him at all. No, no, but like the styling of his character. Oh, and I see. He's I see. kind of like the Secretary Kim, like his character uh, of Secretary okay. Kim. Um, and there's just like everything. Um, it's it's a it's a great drama. I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, and another one that I'm still in December with is um, also a fantastic drama, but like the opposite end of the, um, what do you call it, scale. Um, mellow, uh, melodrama? Yeah, at the kind of opposite end of the melodrama scale is Black Dog, which is something like a cross between Miseng, like it's somewhere between Miseng and Romantic Doctor Teacher Kim. Like... It's a workplace drama, but also like a human melodrama drama, kind of, but not mellow mellow. That doesn't make any sense. But it's really good. It's So Hyun Jin, who is a new teacher, um, and about like the cutthroat world of recruit, like recruiting and how, like, making it into a job. And then, like, you know, for example, in Missing and stuff, they're always talking about um, helicopter. Um, what do you call them? Hires, uh, helicopter hires, parachute hires. People, oh, parachute hires. Why am I saying helicopter? <laughs> parachute you're thinking of hires. helicopter parents. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> parachute hires and um, like the corruption that it takes to get a job and stuff like that. Um, but what happens if you're the person who got in on connections? Um, but also, what if you're competent at the job? Um. And so there's So Hyun Jin who is wonderful. She's always amazing, and um, uh, alongside Rami Ran who also is amazing. There's just you should watch this just for that power casting alone. Um, but yeah, it's a really I haven't finished it. I'm like maybe however much had aired by the end of December. That's where I'm at. I think at uh, yeah, 10, this is like nine ten something like that. Top of my list for once. I actually have time to watch stuff again. I'm really it's so looking good. forward to it. So I will come back to talk about it. Hopefully you'll have... Maybe you won't have watched more by the time I finish this, but um, I will finish this and come back and talk about it more. Sounds good. But the one that I have finished, I'm just going to zoom through these, <laughs> is an even older drama, um, which is a Tale of Nokdu, which uh, was a fusion saga that started airing in September, I think, and it finished probably around December time or mm. November, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yes, yeah, so I started watching that again. I actually started watching this in December, and then I started reading books, and then I came back and finished it like two weeks ago, um, or at least I finished. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I came back um, and watched it until I finished um, last week, and this was Jang Dong Yoon, um, a gender bender where he dresses up as a woman, um, but also it's kind of gender bending the other way at the beginning with Kim Sehyun Kim Sehyun Kim Sehyun who dresses up as a man for a very short time but um really Jang Dong-yoon is so good um and I forgot that this drama was from the Moonlight drawn by Cloud people oh it um, is I did not yeah know and I yeah I forgot about that until until quite uh so I have um, a question for you like I heard really conflicting things about this while it was airing like some people seem to really love it in the beginning and then they like hated the second half so i was just about to say yeah so, so what do you think about is, all that this is people who watch a fusion saga and they want it to be light all the way through um they do not want things to get heavy and serious and courtly 
And I think it's the natural uh, life cycle of any sagak that it will at always at some point get serious. So the first half is quite light and funny and it sort of... Um, it takes you into their world and it grounds you um, in, in the characters and their stories. And then uh, the second half is when things get very dark and it takes that turn um, to a greater villainy and more um, court intrigue and like big stuff. Mm. Um, and I think similar to Moonlight from Red Clouds, it also had that um, third quarter lag. So it slowed down a bit. But then the end, like the last quarter was, I, I thought it was absolutely magnificent. It's just like, this is this is what I watched uh, Sagak for. Yeah. <laughs> just loved it. I feel like as long as the drama kind of sets up the stakes and then if you have to lose something or lose someone, like it's for a reason and it makes sense in the story, like... The reason that this is kind of on my mind is because um, the chapter I just finished writing, I was comparing the portrayal of like North South Korean romances in um, the King Two Hearts versus Crash Landing on You, and like oh, in the King Two Hearts, I want to know. Yeah, I mean, there's a something that happens close to the end of the drama that's so heartbreaking, oh, yeah, and it has like no worst. consequences. It doesn't help at all. So that person or like whatever happens, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, even though it's like really old drama, but like. It's so upsetting, and then like literally nothing is is helped, and nothing is achieved, and that sacrifice goes for nothing. So like, in that case, <laughs> I'm just like, why did you do this to us? But if it's one of those, um, you know, like I think City Hunter is one that did that better in the sense that there was a very tragic part of that came close to the end, but it also made sense. Mm. So. I mean, people might have different opinions about that, but like, I just—that's what I'm trying to say—is that it should be, yeah. it should be make sense to the writing. I get you. This show is not a tragedy. I mean, it's in the title. It's a Chosun rom com. Thank you. And that's like literally the title, Chosun rom com. I have watched like two episodes of this, and I fully intend to get back to it at some point. If <laughs> if if after what Anissa said, you would have been like, yeah, that's right. I was gonna drop this forever. I no, not don't. It. You're gonna love it. This is also this kind is... of what's been holding me back from starting it, to be honest. Oh, no, 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 this is not a tragedy. Okay. Uh, they do, like, experience difficult things. And, you know, it just, it just reminded me that um, another thing that I loved about um, Nokdo's character, Chang Dong-yoon's character, is that he's a crybaby and I love it. Like, he's Aww. just always crying and the characters make fun of him for crying all night because he missed um, Kim Soon's character. And you're just like, this is so good. I just love a, a character who is not manly, like, in that sort of uh, toxic masculinity kind away he's just himself and if he's gonna cry all night because he misses her that's fine <laughs> and it's like it's more than once you sound like and a mom like, right always... now <laughs> <laughs> and but this is also like this is what i love about this um actor as well is that because um all of the characters or at least the most um powerful characters i've seen him do are very emotional ones you know i will never forget him in solomon's perjury that was um extraordinary but it wouldn't have been if not for the emotions of this actor like he's the one who bro who who really elevated i mean it was a great drama anyway but like he was so present in that character and like i felt that the drama ended up being anchored by his emotions 
even though he actually wasn't the uh, main character originally. But that was how powerful his acting is. So I think he's a bit underrated. Um, and that maybe in like some of his projects don't do him justice. Like you know, um, you have got poetry. Um, yeah, he wasn't given much to do. His whole with that. arc yeah. was kind of destroyed. <clears throat> yeah, it was, his character was kind of awful in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's great in this. And so is Kim Soo-yeon, who I now forgive, have forgiven for Radio Romance. Oh, uh, I'm happy to I hear that. I was about to ask you. <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. But the the I, I just want to note this because I've only seen two episodes of this drama. Uh, Kim Soo-yeon is playing Kim Soo-yeon again. Or it seems that's that probably true. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. But I think it suits her and it does work with the character. Yeah, like she doesn't have any of that awkwardness, you know, like with Radio Romance, where it felt like she was a kid oh. putting on her like um, mother's mm. clothes or something like that. Yeah, that it doesn't have that awkwardness of forcing her to like play up rather than play to her um age. Whereas this is very sort of it fits her, even if it is as you say, which actually it is. It's still very natural and it feels natural, and that's fine. Like I don't mind actors playing the same role over and over if it works yeah, yeah i agree jong sook's been doing it for <laughs> yeah exactly that's what? his entire career that's, yeah exactly <laughs> and yet we we you know we lap it up we, exactly. we love him for it yeah so i really hate this uh casting news that um came out a couple of uh maybe a week or two ago um ji chang-uk and kim yu-jung in a boss employee romance Oh, I did not hear about this. Yeah, that's my my first. I love uh, both of them individually, but no. But I hate them together, and I hate the premise. It's just this isn't. It's no. Wow. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think it's the maturity difference more than the age difference. Yeah, like Kim Yujun has. uh, Like, why does she keep getting paired with like? I also need a ten-year moratorium on boss-employee relationships right now. Like, I'm, yeah. I mean, the only way you could the only way you could offset that was if she was the boss. Actually, and yeah, that's obviously that, not that would be nice. But <laughs> even, even then, um, I I agree that that would be a good way of doing it. Or you know, just do it the way um, what's wrong with Secretary Kim did, where they were like the same age, and even though we have issues with the dynamics there, at least mm. the age difference didn't make like a sort of a hierarchical. Um, Sorry, what am I saying? Um, the at least the age aspect didn't add another uh, reason for them to right. have yeah. level of yeah. Yeah. Difference. And like Kim Yoo-jung doesn't have that mature vibe. She's no, not she's a kid. Like, she doesn't have an adult vibe. Exactly. Whereas Ji Chang-uk does. And that doesn't feel right. She's 20. She's 20, guys. She's a baby. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just so unnecessary and weird and, and unpleasant. She just and, like, do school, yeah. high school things right now. She or, can like, do high school stuff. for the next five years. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, like, she just doesn't have that maturity... She doesn't have the adult vibe yet. Yeah. And she's played adults for a couple of years, but so, she, it so doesn't. The, yeah, so no, I still don't want her to. The drama's apparently going to be called Convenience Store Sadpul. Okay. Oh, yeah, we, like it. we will see about that. Yeah. And Ji chang needs to do some better dramas anyway. Yeah, sorry, yes, sorry. Please give her so, a better drama. <laughs> moving swiftly. I, I yeah, agree. <laughs> and now let's move to something totally different, which is yeah. Variety. Um, so when I get really busy and tired and sick and stressed out, I watch Variety. 
because it requires uh, no emotional engagement from me. <laughs> and I don't have to feel tension and stress about what the, the character this is why I like stopped watching the lies within I like got to the end of I think it's episode eight and I was like I cannot take this anymore and I just stopped oh I can't it was good <laughs> no like right now I don't think I can even take the amount of tension that's in like a rom-com um I'm just I just have so much like mental stuff going mm-hmm. on so I I've been watching um like I'm caught up to the new season of one night in two days which is how is it i still miss the old cast with the exception of you know the rapist but you know like cha Ch- uh kim jun ho like uh they're all the them together like their chemistry was so good um so it was a really nice team but you know like that show has run its course i've kind of like accepted the fact that it's it's gone and um this new cast is actually surprisingly, surprisingly pretty, pretty good together and pretty funny. Um, so like Kim Jong Min, who is basically their original member, like he's been with it for the last eleven years from season one. He's the only one who's been with it from season one. Um, so he's kind of like the rock that kind of holds it together. And then they have five new members. Um, so it's um, Ravi Kim Sun Ho, who like. He's an actor and like, yeah, he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff in the last couple of years. Um, Yeon Jung-hoon, who like a vampire prosecutor fame. You guys know who that is, right? What, what was he in recently? He's been in a lot of stuff. You know, Han Gain's husband. He's kind of like the, the oldest young out of the group. And then there's uh, Ravi from Vix, who's like hilarious. Um, they're just like a really nice group of dudes. I know I'm forgetting though. There's like a Dindin who's a, he's a rapper, and this comedian named Moon Seyun, I think. Um, but yeah, they're like a lot of them are kind of quiet, so it ends up being like the two who have a lot of experience with variety. Um, not even the two who have the most experience because Kim Jong Min has the most experience, but like Dindin and Moon Seyun are like really chatty, and they end up like kind of pushing everything whereas the rest of them are a little quieter and especially like the actors it's their first time doing variety so they're very awkward but like they have a nice vibe they have good chemistry the pd is a woman and i really like her for the first time yeah it's it's i think it's my first time ever seeing a woman variety pd so that's really cool ask is there a reason that the cast is all male? Is that like a characteristic of the show? Is that just it's a, just been it's... the way it's been from the beginning? And I don't really know why it has to be that way. Um, but I don't think it's something that's going to change because it's the the it's like a very harsh kind of like you know like they have to go into the water when it's like oh, winter okay. it, you know and like mm-hmm. minus ten outside they you know like the penal they still have penalties that force them to like go into the water. Um, they have to sleep outside if they lose the the game. Half of them sleep outside. Basically, no woman wants to do this. Yeah, and I think also like it would be uncomfortable <laughs> because they're always like getting wet and having to change their clothes, and they travel together. And I think there's probably an element of awkward. like it yeah. would be uncomfortable, and probably maybe I'm sure there's an element of the production team just like not wanting to be bothered, honestly. Mm. Um, but it's also just like the brand of the show. But who knows, like. Maybe in the future they might change that and add 
women cast members, but for now it's because like in Running Man and stuff, they have women, right? They do, yeah. Um, and they've had like a lot of female guests in the past. So mm. some episodes oh, they have guests. This season has not had any guests so far, and it's been like eleven episodes. I guess with a new cast, yeah, it's, it's enough that. I also the cast themselves are like guests. Right? Yeah, and I've also heard that it's like a, they've only kind of signed on for a limited run this time because of how ignominiously it ended last time, and you know, so I think they're kind of seeing how it goes. But I find it enjoyable so far, so I'm gonna keep watching. Um, Ravi is really funny, and Kim Sinho is actually surprisingly quite funny. So it's it's quite good actually. So, yeah. Chemistry takes time, right? So I would imagine that the more time they spend together, the easier that chemistry becomes. Yeah, and like the season three cast eventually had really great chemistry, and in the beginning they were like dead awkward. So I think it's a good sign that they already kind of get along well. Um, the only thing is that they don't quite, um, they don't like poke each other as much as the other the previous cast did, but that's probably going to take time for them to just like get comfortable. Like they all just seem like super nice <laughs> except for like maybe one of them <laughs> so i i think that that element of like mischief and kind of devilry that like kim Jun Ho brought for example where he's like always kind of trying to like be sneaky and cheat and get away with stuff um it's not really there but and cause some of these guys are really young as well so there's that whole seniority thing where they wouldn't want to overstep without you know it being okay yeah, it's weird because, like, Kim Jong-min used to be in the younger side, and now he's, like, the second oldest member, and there's only one year between him and Yeon Jung-un, so he's basically old <laughs> compared to the rest of them. And I watched an interview where he was like, he's like, I used to be part of the young boys, and now I'm in the old boys, because, like, whenever they split them by age, it's, like, the three younger ones versus the three older ones. And he's like, I don't know, I'm having a hard time adjusting. So that was funny. Um, oh and he's suddenly like the smartest which is so it's probably the funniest thing about the new season is like in the past he was like his character was kind of the dumb one but now they're like oh Kim Jong-un like you're the ace like you're the the smartest like he wins all the quizzes and he's just like what happened like why am I he's like you guys are so stupid so that's pretty funny actually like when I have like capital tests of like what's the capital of this country like none of them know anything so that's that's funny. But yeah, so I've been watching enjoying that. I didn't mean to go on such a long a long thing, but you know, I was very sad. What else are you what that ending. What else are you watching? So I've been watching Love Naggers, which is a what weird What is that? Title. That's such a weird title. Yeah, so it's the Korean title is Yone Tamgyan, which means like kind of nagging in your dating life, kind of. So it's basically like people send in their the first half of the episode is just like people send in their problems like their stories um and they the first half they kind of like read out scripts of their actual text messages um and you see like actual like photos and documents that the person shares with like obviously with like the names taken out and they kind of give their opinions about like you know usually at the end they'll be like my question is like should I stay with this person or like how should I deal with this situation or whatever and so they'll give them advice about what to do and then the second half of the episode is um, a drama. Like with, they have like a recurring cast that they use over and over again. But basically, like they act out the story that somebody has actually sent in to them. And so you're basically watching like a mini drama, but it's based that on. Sounds kind life. of fun. It's it's <laughs> addictive. I'm telling you. Like there's not a lot of English subbed episodes, but if you can understand, 
I, so I watched season two basically like without subtitles. Um, and the new season is being subbed. So there's only a few episodes of the new season, but you can find subtitles of that online. But it's just really fun. Like I, I'm a big fan of a couple of the people who are on the panel. It's like a five person panel and they say really smart things about relationships. Um, it's just really interesting. I always find that like truth is stranger than fiction and there's some messed up dudes out there. Let me just say that. So it's interesting to like hear people's stories. And Oh, and like the other thing that's like really exciting is like a lot of times people will like send in a message like a couple weeks later. So like after the episode airs, the person who sent in the complaint will be like, hey, like this is what happened after that. And like, it's kind of interesting to know after hearing the advice from the panelists, like what did that person decide to do? And you know, like sometimes it's really heartwarming where that person's like, oh, like I had a really t- hard time letting go of this person, even though I knew they were like toxic for me. But after watching and hearing your advice, like Unmiz and Upada, like it really helped me. And I've like cut this person out of my life and I'm I'm healing, you know, like, so that's a nice. Yeah. So it's pretty addictive, I have to say. I'm enjoying it. And every episode is like a mini K-drama because like you watch the whole like progress of the relationship from like the happy beginning, (laughs) how it, how it just kind of breaks down and the the drama and all that stuff. Um, And the last one that I've been watching, or I've just really only watched the first two episodes is um, Idongwook's first, uh, this, this talk variety show that he started. Oh, has that started? Uh, Yeah. I think it's on episode seven or 11 something right now but I watched the first two episodes which were like um two episodes where he interviews Kong Yu yeah Um, and they just like they talk in the studio but then they also do like this segment where they go to Jejudo together and they like fish and they talk and he just shares a lot of it's like his first really personal interview that he's ever given so he talks a lot about his career and why he made the choices he made and how he felt like after Goblin was so successful and why it took him so long to come back with another project. And like, it was also just really nice to see the relationship between the two of them. Um, so I highly recommend those two episodes. If you, if you love the two of them together and separately and, you know, and if you don't love the two of them together, what's wrong with you? Why are you listening to us? <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was just great. It's very good. <laughs> it's kind of like a late night talk show kind of format. Yeah, it's he's he's one of those people you can listen to. No, he's and a, he's, he's not self-involved. Yeah, he's a good interviewer mm-hmm. and a good host, which I was surprised by because I haven't seen them do that before. So, yeah. Well, I know what I'm watching next. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking up the episode as we speak. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. So. So I think we've just got one last. Uh, what is it? Parama has. A couple things yeah. she's been seeing, yeah. So do you want slightly to outside of K drama world, but <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> this is what this is what we keep you for. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us what else is going on out there. So I just included these two because I wanted to crib a bit. Um, both of these things are utterly addictive and um, probably uh, destroyed brain cells um, that I could ill afford to lose. Um, so. <laughs> The first one is a Chinese drama that I watched. It was this was a few months back. Uh, it it was pretty popular when it was airing. Um, it was called and it's on Netflix. A little thing called First Love, and um, it's a remake of a Thai drama from two thousand. 
ஜாவ்லை Um I've seen Edward Lai in something before but I can't remember what. Um I think he's really popular in the K-pop uh scene so probably seen him somewhere there. Um so sorry K-pop people I don't know uh much about his stuff. Yeah, uh, continue apologies to K-pop. <laughs> This is a K-drama podcast we're allowed to not know about K-pop. I I do other K-pop uh, do other K-drama podcasters make such excuses well so the thing is no. other k drama podcasts are not 100% k drama they're all like a bit of k pop and a bit of k drama we're, we're they're all more K-drama. like yeah yeah right. I, i feel like we're allowed to have gaps in our outside <laughs> drama knowledge <laughs> okay so um you have uh, the oh. same the dynam- what what sorry i just wanted to say like Uh, he was in Produce 101 and he was part right, of um, that that's uh, what I'd the boy seen. band that they created 101 <laughs> shoot i oh. forgot <laughs> no Sorry. what did now, i now now <laughs> oh no <laughs> you can't be friends with rimi anymore <laughs> i apologize <laughs> i've been his own <laughs> okay hey at least i recognize his face so give me credit okay um so like i said it's a familiar uh, trope Uh what I really liked about this is that the girls agency was given a lot of um value in in the drama in that uh, one of the things one, I think one of the reasons this particular uh, story is so popular and it's used again and again uh, especially in youth stories um in China is that it's it's often about self improvement like maybe you don't think you're very pretty you don't think you're very smart but here you have a crush on this really brilliant good looking guy and you decide that you're going to improve yourself maybe you ask for his help for, uh, so that you improve and you work really hard on yourself and you're pleased when he notices your improvement now there are elements of this that's a bit disturbing but if in if the result of your crush is that you grow and improve as a person i think that's a really good thing to promote and i think that's one of the reasons this is so popular so that's the positive aspect of it and they really focused hard on it one of the things i really liked is that the story starts when they are in the in in school i think the girl is like 13 or 14 and the um guys a year or two older than her and uh, she has this massive crush on him and she's this bespectacled girl with like um uh braces and she she's very quiet and clumsy doesn't like studying so it's it's you know like an average kid <laughs> i guess <laughs> um and she has a crush on this brilliant sunday and as soon as when he notices her because of a series of events and he offers to help her with her studies she's not really taking that help because she so wants to be good at study initially just because she wants to be close to her crush but because of his help she starts improving and she actively starts taking an interest in what 
you know she can be doing in the future this is an element i really like that um at towards the end of her high school this boy has already gone off to this university she wants to go into the same university and she has the chance to go into his department his her mom wants her to go into his department but she has no interest in following him down his line and his career she has interest in something else and that's what she wants to pursue but her mom's like that doesn't have you know you might not be able to get a job there but she's determined to do it so that's what she so you know there is agency there she chooses to do something else she doesn't just blindly follow her love into university and like like we have seen this story play out so many times um before i think uh, what was the one of the first uh, renditions of this Playful kiss. That was one of the first yeah. year rendition. Even though that was an adaptation from something else, um, but that was my first introduction to that that uh, trope. Playful kiss, and yeah, uh, that was kind of terrible. And uh, every adaptation of that theme up until like a couple of years ago has been terrible. But in like in the last couple of years, the stories that I've seen, uh, this is a genre in and of itself. Just this this. you know slightly hard working dull girl and genius boy trope this is like a sub genre of from i don't even know what to call it but uh, i think they're improving so now i the reason i would, i'm sorry the reason i want to rant about this a bit i really enjoyed this drama i liked the character of the leads uh, even though the main lead the genius perfect boy was a bit of a possessive asshole and um they not like in in his actions but he acted possessive and that like it, you know the drama was like this is a good thing this is romantic behavior anyway that's not what i want to crib about what i want to crib about is something that people have pointed out and i missed because i did not know that um angel jao the actress the 17 year old actress playing uh, the lead role was not naturally dark skinned So oh. there is an element of um not blackface exactly but like she uh, they artificially darkened her skin and like as she improves uh, like there are other things that I was fine with she gets like, lighter she gets more virtuous she gets right? exactly Ooh. exactly so the thing is i really liked her like initially when i was seeing the trailer i thought that's exactly how she i thought she was naturally dark skinned and she was cast because of that so i started watching it with like no you know presumptions of what what's going to end up happening how she's going to be transformed or whatever like i i can understand like the like teeth being fixed over time with braces eyebrows being thinned and all of those things are normal things that kids learn to do as they grow into you know their teenagers um how to like straighten your hair those are normal transformations and then her friends give her those those creams that that make your skin lighter apparently that it's a product placement guys they they yeah like they the bleaching whitening cream yeah exactly wow. and and suddenly within a few months she was like the fairest of them all and it's it's literally what wow. why the story oh, was so good shook. otherwise why 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 that's the kind of product placement you never want to see and also yeah. there is like random In a drama Yeah, exactly. And there is there is random fat shaming. Now, I cannot I cannot watch Chinese drama without there being fat shaming. It seems like an inevitable part of Chinese drama. I'll have to just give up Chinese dramas. It's like wanting to watch Chinese dramas without Chinese government being Chinese government. It's it's what am I so saying? So, I'm I'm looking Not at images like some like images from the drama. Does does she also ha- like she has this so I'm seeing this picture of her in like with very curly hair. That that is the dark skin. skin. 
Yeah, and then, like, yeah. does she, and I see that she's gotten lighter in some of these pictures. Does she also, her hair become straight at the end? Too? Yeah, her hair becomes straight. Now, your hair can become straight. You can get laser <laughs> eye surgery. You can f- uh, fix uh, your teeth. The, all of those things are possible. Dude, the skin lightening thing is just... just yeah. It it's, yeah. crosses the line. Yeah. So crosses the line. I also line feel and- like the hair straightening being more... I mean, there is an element oh, no, I of racism agree. in that, that too, that, because that's, like that's also, curly yeah. hair is coded as being like darker skinned hair, you know? Like yeah, that's... yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 all savage. It's like oh, also you know, uh, South Asian curly hair is South Asian, and that's therefore not South uh, Asian, pretty. and also like black. Yeah, it's it's gross the way that they yeah yeah. The physical change aspect really took me aback. I I, pro- I don't know why. Is this what I need to do every time I watch a Chinese drama? I need to look up the actors and actresses to find out how they really look so that there is not this... <laughs> wow. so, I mean, come on. A thing you never thought you'd need to do. Yeah, I remember also noticing this in um, Shopping King Louie. Mm-hmm. Um, because oh, yeah. Nam Jihan in the beginning is like this... Uh, but she's kind of sun-browned yeah, uh, yeah like it's a little like, bit less egregious than that because she actually like works outside and she's because the idea girl. was to show yeah exactly and it, it, but it the, also is like I'm... she looks cleaner as the drama progresses and that was just like <laughs> uh but I think that but was also... she did also... look really grubby at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, but that was because she was scrabbling, uh, 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 you know, uh, across mountainside for looking for roots. And exactly. I, I could understand that. So they were like, you know, quote unquote, here's this, you know, coarse mountain girl. And then she, as she works in an office in a city, she learns how to polish herself. Again, not an arc that I'm in love with, but okay, at least it gets a pass. But... Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure we didn't see her applying skin whitening creams to herself no, on screen. No, that did not so. happen. <laughs> <laughs> she just bathed like well, they, they didn't get the endorsement. <laughs> right, exactly. Could have happened. Hmm. I mean, she was definitely using them because I... most cosmetic products, I've heard that a lot of cosmetic products in Korea have whitening kind of built in. That's like but, one of the essential and a lot of the masks, ingredients. Yeah, a lot of the masks are like whitening masks. <laughs> Yeah. So. so we recently have a few uh, Korean uh, shops that have opened up in the city. I, I might have talked about this before. And they only had like really peculiar stuff. Like they were selling spatulas and headphones in the same shop. It was very weird. I mean, we don't, that's like, I don't know, crossing <laughs> markets for us. Yeah, what? Very Sounds weird like tiger. stuff. Um, huh? Tiger? So we have this shop, um, I think it's like some kind of Scandinavian brand, it's called Tiger, and okay. you find everything in there from headphones to spatulas to stationery to mm-hmm. nuts Sounds and like berries. That, that, that's exactly, but it's not like but Target. But quirky. It's not. Exactly. Like it's quirky, quirky. quirky. Mm. So th- this one is okay, not exactly quirky. It's very commercial and very pretty, and you know, it's got the same Korean aesthetic you expect. It's all pastels and... Mm. really pretty packaging and it's called Wumusu and there are there are two other uh, uh, shop uh, franchise here but I've forgotten their names and now recently just recently now that they've had some footfall in the shops they started selling face masks and BB creams and stuff and all of them have lightning properties skin lightning properties and it's I mean but this is also selling to their market right because Asians love that 
mean, yeah. South Asians love their yeah. whitening products. Yeah, but That's here's true, the thing: yeah. South Asians love skin whitening products, but they were not exactly exposed to, you know, Korean BB creams and face masks is not a thing that most people use in South Asia. But now that's the market they're trying but to penetrate. But they will. <laughs> they will. No, but and also like K-beauty is a global beauty trend at this point. I, ha- I know I have people right. on my Twitter timeline who like know nothing about Korea who are like talking about K-beauty. So yeah, it's definitely a, become a thing. Yeah. That's, but it does that's... move really slowly. Like I, th- I remember the first time I saw like Korean uh, face masks in just a high street shop. Um, and it was... I, uh, in in the uk it's tk maxx i think you guys have it as tj maxx Mm, um yes so it was in tk maxx where they have they had this little dedicated aisle to korean skin products and i was like and this is a like three or four years after i'd been buying stuff online um twice the price but like and none of the good stuff but it was there and like sheet masks have become a thing in the last five years as well. Yeah, nobody'd ever heard of them before. But they like, I mean, they've been around in Korea for much longer, so it does move slowly. And even things like threader earrings, which I love, um, still are not fully here, but you can kind of find them online. Like what in is that? European sizes. <laughs> yeah, I was um, gonna ask know, that. One. <laughs> oh, threader <laughs> earrings! I love them. Um, like um, Pang Minyoung always wears them. They're like um, they have like a um. They're like a long chain, and you put it through your ear, and it might be like a chain on each side, um, or it might have a little stud, and then the chain comes out behind, like that. Like, threaded earrings are my obsession, I love them, Um, but I can't find them anywhere, and also because I'm allergic to, like, everything, so I can only wear, like, gold or silver. Um... So you can, even if you can get them, they're like alloys and whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, threaded earrings still haven't come here, and I'm waiting for them. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah, yeah and so- uh, the last thing that I want to crib about uh, before we end this episode is Love is Blind. Uh, this <laughs> new reality show oh, I've I heard discovered. of this. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, I just suddenly realized I've heard of this. I have not I, heard about this. What, so what am I watching? It. This is a US reality show on Netflix, and um, it's not too long. I think I'm, I'm not entirely sure anything like that. Twelve to sixteen episodes. It's like so. This the entire uh, uh, premise of this is that um, you have a bunch of single men and a bunch of single women um brought into this house and they don't see each other they only get to meet like sort of speed date um through um by sitting into these individual pods they're basically like uh, soundproofed rooms and the men and women have this uh, wall between them they can hear each other they can't see each other and that's basically it how to remove the element of you know like superficiality like can you fall in love with someone if you uh, all you get is to hear their voice um, and, you know, talk to them for as long as you want. So they did this and um, th- I I just found the premise fun and I started watching it. It's, oh my God, the high drama <laughs> in this show. I, I don't even, I don't really want to crib about it. Actually, I'm just, American reality shows aren't too fun for me usually. And I find uh, Bachelor, and I don't understand the obsession with Bachelor and Bachelorette. I just, I don't get it. It just, I don't, it's super embarrassing for me. I have to keep like my eyes squinted and like, I am shutting them half the time. I'm so embarrassed. Or you could just not watch it. Or yeah. I not, I, which which is what I generally do. I don't watch it, but I have a friend of mine who's obsessed with uh, Bachelorette. So if I'm like, if we're having dinner together, she wants to turn it on and I'm like, just, just like end this pain. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> at least you guys don't have Love Island. <laughs> we we don't. Um, but uh, Love is Blind is is cracktastic, and it's it's oh my. I have not watched one of these, uh, you know, the, the romance-based reality shows. I don't think I've, I've ever watched uh, one. Uh, I watched actually. them, but I only watch Asian ones, like Korean and Japanese. Maybe they ones. are better. I <laughs> used recommend one, one. Um, yeah. because th- this one is like it, it's really well produced in that the beats of the story are done really well, and there are certain uh, couples you can practically see their chemistry building from ground up, and there are other couples where you can see that there is a problematic relationship being established. You know that this can't possibly last, and that you know there is like trouble in the air. And here's the thing: they propose. It's not just about meeting and starting to date someone without seeing them. That element is fine, but the entire the the full concept of it is that from the time that you quote unquote fall in love with this person and you get like about seven days to fall in love with them, um, you propose to them and then thirty days later you get married to them. So the full show is like meeting Ugh. them blind, then proposing to them. If they say yes, then you get to meet them. Then there is thirty days for you to you know face the real world with all its yeah. And it does your relationship survive to the altar? As of like, if it survives to the altar, then you won't get divorced the next day. I mean, it's like that is so uh, strange. It is so strange, and and I would not do that. I would not either. But I can sort of understand the reason behind many of these people. They seem very normal people. Like I understand their reasoning for coming to this kind of show, where they are like, hey, they're removing the the visual element of it in a world of Tinder and OKC and Bumble, where the visual matters so much, and in any other dating app, seriously. So they're removing that element. You're just listening to each other talk. Initially, for like a few minutes while you're speed dating, then you get to choose who you talk to the next day. And then, you know, you slowly build a relationship over that. Like in a day, maybe you have five dates and who do you want to talk to the most? And then the next day you get to talk to them. It's kind of like building on that. That is fine. That is how you might meet someone and find someone interesting and start a relationship. But to go from there to like, they, they have put the couples in a pressure cooker. So you're all the things that can harm a relationship and make you fall apart happens in a span of just weeks instead of years. It's... It's yeah. This is the same problem I have. Yeah, I have this is the same problem I have with The Bachelor. Is like because the end goal is marriage. Yeah, it kind of. Oh, is it? Well, I didn't know that. I never isn't actually it watched for The Bachelor. It. I mean, don't they get? She like picks someone to get married to at the end, right? Yeah, or but he, I thought they right? just get engaged at the end of the thing. It doesn't I mean, actually. Still, okay, it, they just get engaged, but a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's still like they're thinking about marriage, right? They're thinking right, about getting right, engaged, right, right. married. So. I just don't know if that's a really healthy... I mean, it's not healthy. But it, I know a lot not, of people really love The Bachelor and Bachelorette series. I, I, I don't get me. that. But at least with this one, once you have, you know, fallen... In, or you think you've fallen in love with someone and or their voice, you propose to them sight unseen and then you get to meet them. And then the whole experiment side of it is that does your love survive meeting the one that whose voice you fell in love with? And in most at least with all of the candidates here, it seems to be doing fine initially. The physical aspect isn't like the deterrent. So the idea that, you know, you can fall in love with someone and not be deterred by how they look. But, you know, let's be realistic. All of the people they chose are actually good looking. So there is no really, I mean. <laughs> yeah. And, and and the one overweight woman that I saw, she didn't get paired with anyone. So. 
Oh, and the one yeah. athletic tomboyish girl that I saw, she didn't get paired with anyone. So I'm, I'm uh, I feel like they should do the show for nerds, like like oh, just yeah. take all sorts of oh, plain didn't they have like a people. Horrible uh, show like nerds and something like something with like hot models uh, paired with nerds, but not not in a horrible way. <laughs> that was a horrible. But the thing that is, was a horrible. That sounds like a real life version of the Revenge of the Nerds waiting to happen. That sounds horrible. I'm pretty sure there's a US show like that. I I remember it would be American. And like the point of these shows is not to actually bring happiness to people. It's to get viewers and to be sensationalist. Well, that's the thing, like, right? So this is why I enjoy. So since you were like very upset, can I give you a couple of recommendations yeah, yeah, for actually like nice? So one that I really like is Terrace House, and we I think we've talked about it on here before, but I don't think you yeah. were in that episode, Barma. Like. So it's like basically like people who are living in a house together. Mm. There's six people. It's like three men and three women. And all of them have to be single when they enter the house and like kind of mm. looking for a relationship. And yeah. I mean, there are definitely people who come on there because they're actors and they want to get their faces out there. Yeah, I think that's just kind of like part of this type of setup that you have to you can't really avoid. And then there's like uh, hosts in a studio that watch and then like in the they kind of watch everything play out. And then in the middle of the episode... They have, like, ten minutes where they just, like, commentate on what they just saw. And then, like, you kind of watch the rest of the episode and then, like, it ends. And then in the next episode, they do, like, a recap of what happened and kind of their thoughts of what's been going on so far. So you get, like, kind of two chunks of them commentating. Like, the commentators are hilarious. Like, sometimes they can be a little little risque in their comments, but they're so funny. And then, like, the people are generally pretty polite. Um... They're not, they're not all good people, but they tend to, like, I think, like, there's enough social pressure of, like, what's acceptable behavior that, like, they never really go too far off the deep end. Um, And there's, I I don't get that feeling that you do in uh, American reality shows where, like, people are being, like, provoked to do things, to create drama. So Mm. it just has this really nice vibe of, like, you know, like, the biggest fights are like because somebody didn't clean up or like somebody's consistently <laughs> not doing the dishes and then somebody will like take them aside and be like look you know like you have to be an adult you're, you're not a kid anymore like we need to all clean up to get like it's or they have like they have like uh, conversations about like one person who's like has no career path and the other people like sit them down and then they're like look you know there's a you know like you need to make a plan for your future and you know like your career path is not really going anywhere. And like you say, you're working hard, but I don't see any progress. <laughs> it's so different. It's great. I love it. Um, I think there's been like one really bad scandal throughout like four or five seasons. Um, and like people actually get together and then they when they get together, they just leave the show. Wow. They call it graduating and then new people come. So, so interesting. It's, it's actually a really, really good show. It's very addictive. Um, seeing- and the other, that one's Japanese. <clears throat> Um, okay. And it's on Netflix. Then it's yeah, actually I, like a Netflix on, show. I've been seeing it on Netflix for like years at this point. I just mm. I just wasn't sure what it was about. So I never played. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, whenever the new season comes out, I'll watch it right away. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. And the other one that I watched um, is Heart Signal. I think there's been two seasons, but it's a Korean show. Um, and it's similar in setup, like, the, there's a some hosts in a studio who are watching these people who are just like basically living in a house together to see if they click with anybody and get together with anybody. Um, mm. But at the end of every day, the contestants have to send a text 
to the person that they are interested in, but it's anonymous. Mm. So they don't know who oh. sent them that text. And then like the host kind of guess like who's going to who's going to like who. And so like the viewers find out who each person texted, but the people who are living in the house don't actually find out. Um, so this one's like a little bit more drama-y and like yeah. things get a little more tense. Like you can imagine, you know, like if two people keep picking the same person. And so it, it can be a little tense, but it's still, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. So those two I enjoyed. Added to my, en- added to my endless list. <laughs> these are the, these are the shows I watch when I have like homework and I'm like, I'm like so stressed that I can't actually start anything. <laughs> Um, I I should point out that I'm not actually like I'm not hating Love is Blind Um, the the reason I brought it up was because I'm so taken aback by um, by a reality show on yeah it's basically I'm just a novice to reality shows on uh, couples I I know it has existed for decades I have simply never sat down (laughs) and watched one you're still ahead of me no, to be honest, yeah, Kara's yeah, house yeah. was probably my first one. Except for like, I really got into We Got Married back in the day. Okay. Which I know is a terrible, terrible show, but I got really into it. I always wanted to watch that, but never managed to get around to it. Okay. Uh, I've heard about it. I have, don't know anything about these shows. But I will uh, try out uh, uh, Terrace House now that you've told me what it's actually about. <laughs> because, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm into this, apparently. <laughs> Turns out. I, I, yeah, I think we've finally run out of steam. <laughs> yeah, we have. And of course gone over time, and therefore we must all run away very fast. Majestically over time, <laughs> despite Anissa pointing out like nearly half an hour <laughs> ago tried, that we had no more she time. She really tried, and also I have to go like right now. So <laughs> Yeah, I also have had to go for a while. but um. <laughs> but it has been great, finally catching up with you guys again. We've, we haven't yacked in far too long, so... We haven't, and this was... Ah, wow, yeah, this is kind of like... Uh, you know, like, you haven't, like, properly breathed in a while, and now you've taken a deep breath. It kind of feels like that. Therapeutic. So. Yeah. Therapeutic, <laughs> the that's the word. Yeah, the three of us haven't caught up in person in a while, so it's been good for us, and I hope listeners felt the same way as well. And sorry for being away or having, like, non-traditional episodes for a while yeah but we do have more non-traditional episodes uh, in the <laughs> making <laughs> between yeah. yaks so uh I, we hope you guys like it and tell us if you do i thought you were gonna say tell us if you don't <laughs> no don't tell us if you don't <laughs> we we enjoy making these episodes and we've also been delighted to welcome a few new patrons the yes. the newest of whom is not the least <laughs> and we love her thank you auntie <laughs> thank you Andy. <laughs> did not reveal who that was yes <laughs> so that's it for today guys you know where to find us leave us comments and send us emails and we'll see you in the next episode thanks for listening everyone bye bye, bye.